The audio was working perfectly there. <laughs> Praise God. Um, good afternoon. Um, Praise God that you are here. I see there's a lot of empty chairs, so that tells me that uh, most of the people that uh, were at camp um, comes on Sunday. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Loretta. We're, I don't think we're going to, we don't need a Sunday school um, tonight unless there's little kids there. I think, you know, no, I say that. I know you're here, Eden, but the, uh, what's, his, what's her name? Amanda, uh, not Amanda, but Emma and uh, Avery. No, no, no. The, earlier this morning, <laughs> the kids are arguing with me. Okay. No, no. no we had Emma earlier, Javen, Emma, Javen, Chacha, uh, all listening in. And then the loudest one was actually Hiraiah, so we had to kick him out. <laughs> the baby, <laughs> but the, everybody was there, so I think it's okay for you to stay if you want to, if you want to, um, because I think um, um, this is not very sensitive. If if you want, if you want, but if you want to carry on with the Sunday school, that's okay. Um, I entitled our our message tonight God's idea. Um, so my idea was this message was just for the church, uh, but God's idea is I deliver it here too. <laughs> So God's idea. If we can all please turn our Bibles over to the book of Acts, chapter 2. The book of Acts, chapter 2. You should have seen us earlier. We were flipping our Bibles left and right, you know. Acts, chapter 2, verse 42 to 47 is where I'm going to be reading from. If you're there, please say amen. Uh, you want to type it in your Bible app? That will be good too. But again, I'm warning you, once they change the, those words in the Bible app, once Soros gets a hold of the Bible gateway. <laughs> All right. Fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for the songs that we were uh, able to sing. We thank you for our freedom in this country that you have blessed us with, to where we can still continue to gather, not in secret, not in hiding, but with all safety and all freedom, to worship you and to praise you together, because it's the right thing to do. We thank you for your sovereign hand protecting us and guiding us to be in this building at this moment. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our hearts and to open, uh, to remove any pride, to make us humble so that we will hear your instructions, your words, and your correction. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins and guide us tonight. Anoint me, Father God. Bless my preparation. 
Bless your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God's idea in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Now the word, uh, tonight we will have, this afternoon we will have three points. That's your three points. Three points is learning and listening is the first point. Prayer is the second point. Fellowship is the third point. Now idea is defined as a thought or suggestion as to a possible course of action. It's, an idea is also considered an aim or a purpose, right? So why do we want God's idea? Why do we want God's idea in, 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 in anything? Well, because simply speaking is because he knows better. Do we agree? Okay, if you think you know better than God, please raise your hand. <laughs> we know that it's not, right? We know that even our best and greatest idea, next to God's idea, it's wrong, right? Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgment and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? This is Paul's doxology in the book of Romans. Paul recognizes, you know, Paul is one of the most educated people uh, in his time. And, and he was pretty successful uh, in his endeavor of trying to know the scriptures. But then, and then he was wrong because then when he met Jesus on the road of Damascus, God corrected him in all the things that he thought was right. And Jesus told him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then in Proverbs 2, 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So we want God's idea because God knows all things. Amen? We want God's idea in our life because God knows better than us. And we, the only way what we can know what God's idea is is straight from him. Straight from God. And how do we get that? Through a text message? No, through the original text. The original text, the Bible, right? The Bible. The Bible. In Isaiah 55, 8, 9, it reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can we all agree, and I think we can, that God's ways are higher than ours, amen? Then our thoughts are lower and his thoughts are higher, amen? amen? Okay, so now why do we keep arguing with him? Why do we keep arguing with him? When he says, obey me, why do we say, can I take grace this time? And he's so good, he's so good with that though. His, that's why that, that verse, His grace and His mercy is new every morning. It has to be new every morning because you know why? We continue to fall. Moment by moment we fall. Moment by moment we struggle. In the times that we fall, God is saying, I've forgiven you. But it's not a license for us to continue to sin. Amen? We have to go with God's idea. The message is God's idea. God's idea is better for us. 
the first point, we have to trust God. In order for us to really accept God's idea, when we say we accept it, we have to do it, right? We take it, then we execute. We take it, then we do. Amen? We take it or we don't do. We take it and we be still. There's a lot of instructions from God, right? There are times that He tells us, be still and know that I am God. Remember earlier I shared with you that my car started giving me 13 miles away from my house, 13 miles away from my house, the, the, the system was saying, transmission error. And I prayed, I go, Lord, help me. I know I need to go home, and I know I need to deliver your message. And there was calmness in me. As if the verse is saying, be still and know that I am God. I go, okay. Because if I get pulled over, if I have to pull over, then I'll just ask a brother to pick me up. We'll leave the car here. You know, be, so sometimes God says, be still. Sometimes God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will keep your path straight. Sometimes when He says that, it's, it's a time to do something. We have to obey in giving our tithes. 10%, Lord, 10%. Man, I made a commission. $10,000 is $1,000. $20,000 is $2,000. Lord, I made $30,000. That means $3,000. I made 100000 That means $30,000. Right? So sometimes... He says, trust in Him. And sometimes it's giving. Sometimes it's staying still. Sometimes it's stop doing something. I have two notes here. My notes from the morning and my notes today. So we have to trust God and His ways because His ideas are always better than ours. The first point, learning and listening. Learning and listening. How, why do we have to learn and listen from God? Because we can trust Him because he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, earlier, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Do you think that God has a plan for you to have a boring life and an unsuccessful life, to be not fruitful at all? Do you think that's God's plan for you? We, know, we all know it's not, right? Although it might seem that His plans for us is boring because we have been conditioned completely by the world. The world tells us, what's a fun weekend? A fun weekend for me before Christ? I'm almost hesitating to share it. But the fun weekend for me before Christ was, was uh, going out to the club, you know, on a Friday night, maybe on a Saturday night too, if, it, if the weekend's good, hanging out with my friends, drinking, and then maybe getting into a fight. And then maybe meeting somebody over the weekend. And then I brag about it on Monday. I go, how was your weekend, Joe? Oh, man, I got hammered. I got into a fight. It was a great weekend. And now when I became a Christian, God tells me, you have to stop drinking because you lose your temper when you're drinking. You have to stop smoking because it's making you not healthy. You have to dedicate your life. You have to stop watching certain films. You have to stop reading certain things. You have to start reading my word. And then what happens? Well, a fruitful weekend for me is a camping, church camping. Church camp for me is, is better than going home to the Philippines now. Before, I wanted to go home to the Philippines so I could be with my cousin and do everything that I just said earlier. But now it's church camping. I look forward for it. John and I were talking about, should we do this again next year on the same, same weekend? 
we're, we're a year ahead because you're looking forward to it. Because time with your brothers and sisters, it's, and, and, and you know, this whole weekend, it took us back to the Philippines. You know why? There was a lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I felt right home. I was like, oh my gosh, I got a kagat here and here and here and here. I'm like, oh wow. The Philippines, because neighbors, the, the housing there in the Philippines is so congested, you know? There, it was just like, and we share everybody's food. Oh my goodness, this is like the opposite of the Philippines that we kept eating here. There was, there was no lack of food. There was an abundance of food. So there's a reconditioning, a reprogramming of our mind and our, our thinking. And we get that through learning and listening. Learning and listening, just like what we read in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They, the people of the Lord, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. Uh, the apostles' teaching and fellowship. There was, there, was, there was no way that they can get away from it. Because the people, the apostles, met the resurrected Christ. And they cannot shut up about it. They knew, despite the threats that were being thrown at them, Stop preaching about this way or you will be executed or we will, we will put you to jail. What did they say? Oh, well, should we fear men rather than God? There was excitement in them. There was a, a genuine craving for the word. See, if somebody really has met the resurrected Christ, there should be craving. There should be craving. There should be hunger and thirst for the word of God. It's not, it's not supposed to be a dragging feeling like, oh gosh, it's Sunday, I gotta bring myself to church or else Joe will text me again. <laughs> right? There should be a certain excitement. When you wake up in the morning, right before you drink your coffee, a certain excitement in reading your word. Reading your word. Right? Reading the devotion. You know, they were captivated. They were in love. Because if, if you're in love with your men, I'm going to talk to the men because we're the ones who's always mostly in love with our better half anyway. <laughs> right? The men are always the one in love, right? Amen? Say amen, guys. I'm helping you. I'm helping you earn points. The men are always the one that's really in love. Amen? Yeah, see, see, the husbands are always the one in love. Sister Loretta, just for the record, Brother Larry said Amen. <laughs> Because I know you're not here. No, we, we, when we're in love, we keep thinking about them. Their face is in our sight. When, we're, when our eyes close, it's their lovely face that we see. When we're filling up our tank with gas, we're just always thinking, my wife's so... Why are you? It's true, right? It's, you're eating at your break room and you're eating like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe my wife is still with me all these years. Right? You're always thinking. That. And then when you talk to your friends and they tell you about the game, like, hey, did you watch the Lakers lose? And you're like, yeah, I'm so happy, especially with my wife. <laughs> right? There's, there's always an interjection about the person that you truly love. And it should be the same way with the Lord. It's the same way with the Lord. Right? And in, in, in Psalm 119.66 says, Teach me, teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust in your commands. So learning and listening to God's word through, the, through listening to messages 
being at church on Sundays, going to Bible studies, being in fellowship with other believers and doing a Bible study, learning about the Lord. There should be a certain excitement there. There should be a certain excitement there. Because we can know, we can trust that God's idea is better for us. And for us to continue to learn about Him and His ways is the best thing that can ever happen to us in this life now. Amen? Amen. Now, this is the embarrassing part because our brother Tim Keller, who is now with the Lord, he, he says to be, uh, to be the example is an embarrassing thing. To be the good example is an embarrassing thing. So, I, I, I want to share with you how I spend my day in the morning on how I listen to the Word to the Lord, how I learn about Him. So I, I have devotions, your quiet times, right? I have our daily bread, which I do over my phone, and my utmost for His highest by Oswald Chambers. And then on top of that, I do our Charles Stanley Life Principles. And then on the top of that, I do our old sowing use every day with Jesus. And then, yes, I, I, I am busy. It's not that I'm un, unemployed, okay? I am busy. It's like, oh, yeah, you can easily do that because you only work on Sundays. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I do the Tim, Tim Keller's Proverbs, God's Wisdom, Navigating Life, and then Tim Keller's the exp Explanation of the Psalm, Book of Psalms. Every day, I do this, right? I knew that was going to happen. And then... And then I have this. This is a 52-week reading. So every week I read this once a week. This is the logic of God. Uh, Mikey gave me this as a gift. And then through the Bible, through the year, this is the journey broken down into the chapters of every week of what happened from his birth to the, the crucifixion, after the, then the resurrection, and so on and so forth. A whole week of journey um, every day. And then morning and evening. So one in the morning, I read in the morning, and when I get home, you know, with my lovely wife, like I said earlier, <laughs> uh, the evening part. This is uh, by Charles Spurgeon, but he revised by Alistair Begg. So it's, there should be craving. I, I fear, I, my fear is that I go out of my house without finishing my devotion, about, without hearing from God first. And, and the, the reason why there's a multitude of it is because I feel like I'm a slow learner. I feel like not one is enough for me. There has to be more. I, I, I'd rather really spend more time with God because after you read it, you have to meditate on that, right? You just don't go, okay, that's my daily bread done, not to my utmost. No, it's, you go, our daily bread, it speaks to you about your... your, your uh, your rage about be, your, your pride being corrected, and you say, what do you, what do you mean being corrected? I don't, I don't mind not being corrected. <laughs> That's the joke. But you, know, you, just, you just meditate on that whole thing, and then you move on. Because every message is not, not just so that you can check off a box. It's really to, to, it's a mirror. It's a time to reflect on what God is saying to you. So if you really want to grow in your relationship with God, God's idea is that you learn from Him and you listen. And only through Him. I get it. There's a lot of Christian books there too that uh, talks about God's Word, but there, there's no replacing. There's no replacing reading the Bible. But there's, there's the other things that in addition to your Bible reading. 
Now in Proverbs 15, 14, the, the, the Lord says here, the discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. And then verse, chapter 18, verse 15, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. Right? If, if, you're, if you're dedicated to your business, to your, your craft, to your profession, um, I know Harvey's a mechanic. You know, as a mechanic, you want to continue to know more about the upgrades, the updating on how to do certain things. And whatever your, your, your business is, right? You want to continue to learn new things. You want to continue to affirm yourself of like, okay, am I still doing the right thing? Or is there a better way, an easier way, a faster way to do certain things? It should be the same way when we're learning about God. Yes, we enjoy God's love, but do you realize His power? Do you have His power to protect you? Do you? Yes, we know of, of His will for us to live a holy life, but did you know that it's His will to also give you a good life according to His will, not according to the world's idea? So there's, there's all of those things. Yes, He tells us to not be completely in love with the world, right? Because, why? Because the world will just suck our life out of us and then we will be stressed out. It's just like wondering every month, you're, th you're thinking, you're looking at your bills and you say, my goodness, bills again. Bills, bills, bills. Well, because you spend, spend, spend. Right? Those bills don't go up. The, the, the credit cards don't charge on their own. You know, the Amazon Prime, when, there's, when something arrives, somebody ordered it. It's not just like, oh my gosh, they're out to get me. Oh my gosh, they're, they're out to get me. My goodness, they're out to get me. No, you're, you're consuming, you're consuming. And then now you're going to work Sunday for overtime to pay for that. You're going to miss church camp. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Isaiah. Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11 too, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, speaking about Jesus, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. You want to know more about God because with God comes comfort. With God, with Jesus comes understanding. And the knowledge of God comes fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord means you want, you, you want to obey him. The fear, it's reverent fear. It's not because of a fear that he's going to neglect you or, 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 or disown you. It's the fear of disappointing a loving father that continues to give you all things. That continues to make you healthy. The one, the one that gave you your wife. The one that gave you your children. The one that gave you your career. The one that gave you your talents. Right? You want to know more of him. And as you continue to know Him, learn and listen to Him, there's going to be a healthy relationship between you and God, and your life will be so much better. And that's God's idea, that your life here on earth will be so much better than what the enemy wants. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You see, this is why you need to always be facing yourself with the Word of God, because you want an MRI every day. 
You want that CD scan all the time. You want to always be examined. Lord, where am I on this thing? Am I craving so much more of, of the flesh again? Am I wanting more about my, my, my financial gain? Am I more about the material world again? Can you please talk to me? That should be an everyday thing. Because God will tell you. Here's the MRI. Yes, your heart is again leaning and falling in love with money, Joe. Now we need to do a surgery. Right there and then you're going to get that surgery from God. You're going to say, Lord, take it away. Please remove it. Now if you need it again tomorrow, as you read the word, he's going to reveal to you. Oh, we still see a little bit there. Time to remove it. Now when it comes to tithing, that's the one thing why tithing is important. The reason why we need to give is because if we don't give, we are enslaved by the money. You saying you don't want to give the tithes to God is you saying, Lord, I don't trust you that you will give me back the 90%. I don't trust you, Lord. That's what we're saying. So there's, that's why there's the growth. There's the doing and there's the undoing, Right? Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is completely opposite from the pattern of God. God's idea is completely the opposite of the world's idea. World, the world's idea is to do and satisfy everything for you. Live your best life now. See, you will never live your best life now here. Because our best life is with God. But with God's idea, and if we're going to be obedient to God's idea, we will live our best life here according to God's will. But God said himself, he said, in this world you will have trouble. But behold, I have overcome the world. So there's that comfort there, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. God's will is it's good. Amen? When he says, be faithful to your wife. Be faithful to your wife. Be faithful to your spouse. Because the other girl is not any better. And divorce is very expensive. <laughs> no, the, God's will is completely opposite. Completely opposite of what the world says. And if you have transformed your mind, the way of your thinking by God's word, that's the only time you will completely understand His will. People always tell me, Look, Pastor Joe, I, if, if I only know God's will, if God will be completely clear with His will, you know, He has written it down. It's in black and white. You just need to read it. And then once you read it, you need to accept it. The only way you can accept this is if you re renew your mind. Mind you, if you read it, it's not, it didn't say, but renew your heart. No. God knows our heart is sinful. Jesus said, out of the heart comes adultery, slander, murder. So in order for us to be renewed, he says, renew our minds. So it all starts in our learning, learning and listening, learning and listening. 2 Timothy 3.16, this is why we, maybe we should change our church name to 3.16. There's a lot of 316, very important 316s. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. See? We need to learn from God's word. 
We need to continue to listen about God's word, teachings about the messages, the messages about the word. Continuously seeking it, craving it, being thirsty and hungry for it. Second point, prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. We will go back to the, the fellowship later, okay? Everyone was filled with awe with many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So this is amazing right here because as we go later, as you'll see in Mark, you will see that the apostles could not heal the demon-possessed child. But when the resurrected Christ came and finally ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit is now indwelling in the, the apostles, now they were being able to perform wonders, many wonders in front of people. And then one thing that they always saw, they were always with them with teaching and fellowship and in prayer. Why? Because Jesus told his disciples in Luke 18, 1, Jesus told his, this, his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Now, this is not really giving up on what you're doing, but not give up on God. When you stop praying, you gave up on God. The moment we stopped praying, we said, we said, Lord, fine, I guess you can't do it. So I'll stop asking you. Let me do it then, since you can't do it. That's prideful, isn't it? We know it is. But sometimes that's what we end up doing. We take pride in ourselves, and we take action, thinking that since God's not doing it for me, I'll take, I'll take, I'll do it. Ephesians 6.18 reads about prayer, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray on all occasions, not just on your birthday. <laughs> Pray on all occasions, not just on the good occasions, but even more especially on bad occasions. But not just on bad occasions, on all occasions of prayers and requests. All kinds of prayers and requests. Not just the gimme, 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 but also help me, help me, help me so I can give, 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 so I can do, 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 Right? There's all that, that should be in all of our prayers. Again, look at this. With this in mind, again, in mind, because we're not always going to feel it. We're not always going to feel to obey God. We're not always going to feel to want to come to church. We're not always going to want to feel to read the Bible. But we have to know, right? The, the knowledge, this will push this. It should be. But all the, the love-struck people, when you're love struck, right? There's there's so, so many love songs about the, the 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 heart just speaks louder and thinks better than the, what the mind says, right? But see, the Bible tells us don't listen to your heart. There has to be mind. Be alert and always keep on praying. So if you have prayed up for yourself and you think you don't need anything, pray for me. Pray for your brothers and your sisters. Pray for our other brothers and sisters who are in the mission field who are out there struggling, the, the persecuted Christians in, in different countries. You think you have nothing to pray about? Call me. I'll give you a list. There's so many people, and there's so many things to pray about. Pray all the time. And here's the example of why prayer is so much needed. 
is really needed. In Mark 9, 9 17-18, just a brief here is, is again, somebody brought his son who's demon-possessed to the uh, uh, disciples and they could not take out the demon inside the son. And then Jesus was frustrated. And then you can see in, in verse 26-27, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Because Jesus drove out the demon. And Jesus replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. Now, some of you might be called to do these exorcism. And let me know if you are so I can call you if somebody is. Because I'm not. <laughs> no, but this is, the, on all seriousness, in all seriousness, anything is possible through prayer. So long as it's according to God's will. But nothing can be accomplished, nothing at all, without prayer. So as Christians, we should be prayerful. Amen? So somebody's going to ask me, Pastor Joe, do I pray as much as I brush my teeth? I don't know. How many times do you brush your teeth? Because you might be brushing your teeth 20 times in a day. That could be good. We pray as much as we need it. But we all have to pray more than we think we're already praying right now. Because we can't pray enough. We can't be praying enough. A prayerful person knows. A prayerful person knows if he or she have made that connection. And once he or she have made that connection with God... You can never go back to your old life. Do we agree? Because those people who have made that prior connection with God through their prayer life comes to me and said, I haven't had my quiet time with God and I haven't prayed enough. I know I need to get back there. Whatever they know get back there is because they know they've made that connection. So I can tell you quantity, but it's going to have to be more than what you're doing right now. And you cannot live as a Christian, a victorious Christian life, without praying. You just can't. Third and last point. And I have to warn you. Earlier this morning when I said this is our last point, it lasted another 30 minutes. So, I'm kidding. Fellowship. The third point is fellowship. Let me read to you again what we read uh, earlier. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and at many wonders and signs performed by the, the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. There is beauty in fellowship. God's idea is that His people will always be in fellowship, koinonia, this connection. There is the sharing of life. You cannot grow in your Christian life without a church family. 
And you cannot grow in your church family if there's no connection. If you don't spend time with your wife, you will not have a wife any longer, much longer. If you don't spend time with your children, you will lose your children. Maybe not physically, but emotionally. And same thing with God. God's idea is that we have fellowship with Him, and having fellowship with Him will not stop, it will make, it will give birth to fellowship with other believers. There has to be craving for the word, listening and learning. There has to be craving and wanting for prayer to speak to God as you hear and listen and learn more about God. There's a connection saying, Lord, I thank you for the wisdom that you've given me. And then you come out of your house and say, where are my brothers and my sisters who I can share what I've learned today? Where are my brothers and sisters whom God spoke to me about in my reading to finally give what they need? Because I have more than what I need. Look at that. He says there, they gave to those who are in need. To anyone who had need, they shared. See, there's no Christian who's madamot or kuripot, stingy and cheap. There's no Christian. If you were, if you were stingy and cheap before you were a Christian, you should be you should be no longer that after becoming a Christian. You should be generous. You should be giving. You should be looking for ways to help. And that's fellowship. You should not be stingy with your time. Oh, I want my time. On my days off, I just want to be by myself. And you know this? I can understand that. I want that too. I like that too. I like my time alone too. But you know, I let God interrupt my day. I don't know about you, but I let God interrupt my schedule. Because if I say I belong to God, then my schedule belongs to Him. Do we agree? Amen. Because my schedule today was I was supposed to be still eating at the one number one, number one buffet. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, after church, since we ate a lot here, we're going to go to the buffet <laughs> in Sacramento so we can eat more. <laughs> right? But no, God has another idea. God says, go, go home. You're going to share the gospel. Vince is sick. So, Right? You let God interrupt your schedule. You let God tell you what to do. And you say, Lord, I had other ideas today. I had other plans today. But you are my Lord. And I am your unworthy servant. My life belongs to you. And everything that I have belongs to you. Now, if a sister is in need and you have plenty, you give whatever that need is. A brother or a sister. Pastor Joe, is that what it's really saying? I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. Now we can argue, again, this is God's idea, and we have our idea. So you always throw it back. You go back and forth, right? You look at it. You pray about it, right? And then there's a grab there. The Holy Spirit will say, this is what that's saying. It's going to point to that one particular thing in your life, that one specific thing, that you're not giving up. Oh, this is what they're talking about. And you're going to struggle with it. You're going to wrestle with it like, no, Lord, no. No, I still want to retire early, Lord. No, Lord, I didn't want to be a pastor, Lord. That wasn't my career path. I wanted to be the millionaire guy who helps missionaries and pastors and, you know, buy buildings, you know. I want to be that. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy behind the pulpit that everybody doesn't like. 
<laughs> I want to be the cool guy in the back, you know? But we have to let God, God's idea, His will in our lives to be the one that we live out. John 17, 11, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name and the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. See, fellowship is God's idea, and fellowship is, is God praying. God's up there. Jesus is up there praying for us to be united. And you know what? The other thing, since Jesus is not here right now, physically, but us being Christians, we are little Christ. We have, we represent Jesus. And as we spend time with one another, we're spending time with little Christ. And we are that person, so that, that time together. More, you know, you really have to try. If you haven't tried more than, more than just a Sunday uh, with the church family, you have to. You really have to. You owe it to yourself to see what God's idea is all about. You, you really have to see how it works. You really have to trust Him and just take the plunge, you know? Take the plunge. Trust Him. And more, more verses about fellowship, surprisingly. And I thought there was only three. <laughs> right here. First John 1, 3 to 7. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. The apostles craving for fellowship with other people during that time. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. You see, we Christians are the light of this world. Right? And it says here that the next verse will say that we have nothing to do with darkness. Right? Look, it says it here and again in 2 Corinthians. John said it, the Apostle John said it, the Apostle Paul said it. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? This is why fellowship with believers is key. Because the more you spend time with your fellow light, you will never be in darkness. But for some of us, we think we can spend time six days in the world and be okay with that. And just have one day to spend time with church, with church people on the Sunday, and, 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 and then tarry through the week. Some of us, we, have, we spend more time with our unbelieving friends than our believing friends. Why? Because the believers don't drink. They don't drink hard. <laughs> they don't drink beer. They drink Coke Zero. <laughs> we drink. We, we finish a lot of bottles at camp. Water bottles and iced tea bottles. and More water bottles. <laughs> right? We think. We think because our old self still has the world's idea of fun. We still haven't succumbed to the God's idea, the new creation, that we have to have fellowship with our fellow believers. 
the influence is key. Right? So, this is not just, usually this is used for romantic relationships, but this also calls for relationship, friendship relationships. We need this. There's no other way to do it. There's no, I mean, I guess you can argue and neglect it. But it's key. 2 Thessalonians 3, 14 to 15, take special note of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter. Do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as, your, as you would a fellow believer. This is where church discipline speaks about. If you know that somebody is sinning, you are to tell them to win them back. But if they're going to continue to live that life, you are to continue to have fellowship with them. No, you are to remove yourself from them. You are to remove yourself from them. Paul even said, do not even have a meal with them. Do not even share a meal with them. See, there's, there's that need. Because why? So that they will feel ashamed. Ashamed why? Because we want them to be ashamed? No, so that they will know their mistake. When I discipline my children, I, I, don't, I don't mean to embarrass them. I don't mean to be mean to them or hurt them. When I discipline my children, I want them to improve and be better. Well, this is, this is important right here, the fellowship. We have to have fellowship with believers, and if we have to cut fellowship with those who are living in sin. And then 1 Corinthians 5.2 is an example again. And you are proud. Shouldn't you have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? What was this? There was a Christian in the Corinthian church that was having sexual relationship with his stepmother. And the Corinthian church will not kick him out, will not discipline him, did not do anything. That's why Paul wrote them a letter. Why do you think? Well, you know what he said? And you are proud. Why? Because the, the notion was, well, God is gracious, so we can be gracious. So he said, and you are proud. Because why? Because you think when we're arguing with God, when it comes to somebody who's sinning, we think we can be more forgiving than God. We think, oh, that's so mean. I don't think we should do that. Now, if God said it, do not be associated with them, what do we do? Oh, no, God's wrong on that one. We don't say it that way. We say it in different ways. I don't think so. I think it's about grace, love and grace. No, there's, there's truth in disciplining. The fellowship, as much as fellowship is needed, there's also cutting the fellowship. I said this this morning, I'll say it again today. In order, in order for us to know God's teachings, we have to know what it is and what it's not. That's why I added these verses here. Fellowship is with other believers in order for us to continue to grow together in our relationship with God and with each other. But then we are to cut that fellowship with other believers who are not living a righteous life, especially after you have corrected them. Corrected them in a loving way. Loving way meaning to win them back for the Lord. Amen? Amen. I told you, I warned you. That was the closing part. <laughs> in 1 John 1, 5-7, again it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. 
In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. You see, there has to be change. A saved life has changes in them. Not automatically, not overnight, yes. But there has to be change. Because we are not, if we don't live in the light, if we continue to stay in darkness, we are lying and not living in the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as He, Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. This is also a proof why if somebody is sinning, they break fellowship. They break fellowship from church. They break fellowship from, from, from their Christian friends. Because they know, they can feel it. They know that there is something wrong that they're doing. So this is why we're aware of people that are not here at church or not at Bible studies. We try to connect with them. We try to win them and we pray for them. So this is all key. Again, the message is God's idea is that we continue to learn about Him, about His ways, about His love, His mercy, His power, His majesty, everything that He has given to us. We have to continue to learn that. As we learn it, we're just not to learn it and be spiritual obese people. We are to learn it and to listen to it. When we say listen, we execute. We do what we have learned. And then we pray. Prayer. We continue to pray. We cannot be Christians, growing Christians, without prayer. Our prayer life must be intact. Our prayer life must be real. Not just idea, but exercise and fellowship. Fellowship is crucial for any believer. That is all God's idea, and that is our message tonight. Amen? Thank you all for your patience as the music team make their way up here. If you have any prayer request, please come up so we can pray for you. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord, if you want to be saved from your sins, it's time for you to accept Jesus as your Lord and repent from your sins. Please come up so we can lead you into that prayer. And if you have been visiting us for quite some time and God has impressed it in your hearts to become a part of this church, please come up so we can recognize you. Uh, join me in a, another word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your message. We thank you for the truth. I pray for all those big pills, Lord God, of truth that you've given to us today. May your Holy Spirit be the one to make us digest it, consume it, believe it, and live it. Father, forgive us for the many times that we have neglected you, we have avoided the truth, we have lied to ourselves and lied to you. Forgive us, Lord. We thank you for your grace and mercy that is new every morning. And Father, help us. Help us to have faith that is genuine. Help us to have faith that makes us want to live in the light as you are in the light. Help us to improve in all these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Please rise as we sing our closing song.